Hello and welcome back to In The Clock End, an Arsenal podcast with me, Steve. And joining me today to talk about all things Arsenal, I've got Liam. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad. As I just explained for the second time now, we're on take three. The cat's just tried to claw me to death. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I'm all good. Arsenal won, and that's the important thing. Um, I had a bit of a disappointment with my own local team. Goalkeeper, last minute error. I'm the goalkeeper. Great fun. Um, but no, Arsenal chewed me up just about in the end. How about you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. It was a good weekend. Um, went down to watch the Arsenal Saturday, three o'clock, which is a bit of a rarity um, in modern. Oh, days. you were there? Yeah, I went down. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a good day. Nice and sunny in North London. Tottenham lost to Patrick Vera's Crystal Palace as well, which sort of set the day up nicely. And then, um, yeah, a nice one deal to the Arsenal. Classic. A classic result. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what's that's, more to say? What's more to say? There we go. We've covered... Yeah, join us next week. <laughs> <laughs> what does anyone else need to know? Eh? Well, Arsenal won, that's important. But yeah. Three points. As we were just talking a minute ago, we're out of the relegation zone. <laughs> the highlight of the afternoon was probably hearing like the North Bank sing like, we are staying up, so we are staying up. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. I mean, it wasn't the most convincing of performances. Um, I was sat in the lower tier where, and you know what it's like when you sat down there, you, you can't see the game particularly well um, mm. in terms of sort of, you know, off the ball movement, kind of the, the passages, passages, passages of play. It's all a bit hazy. When it gets to the end of the field, you sort of have to, you know, the ball sort of pings around. Did you, did you watch the AM or did you watch the highlights? No, I watched the game, but I was on a very dodgy stream. Because um, over in the Netherlands, uh, we don't really get the, the 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 game they showed was Ronaldo, and then the, I think the other one was City Leicester. So I used a dodgy stream, and I think I got most of it. We'll jump into the lineup first. Um, some big changes in the team. We went for a four-two-three-one with Ramsdale, Tommy Asu, Ben White, Gabriel Tierney, Mertens, and uh, Samuel Lukonga in the midfield, and then a front three of Odegaard, Saka, and Pepe. Then Bamang in front. Anything to anything of note there? What, what are your thoughts on on that? I think there's a there's a quite a few interesting things. I mean, um, well, first of all, I had a panic because Chris Wheatley put out the team um, a bit early as he normally does, um, and it was nothing like the actual team. So I had a bit of a panic, um, and it wasn't different in a good way. By the way, um, I didn't see it. It was all alright in the end. Did, oh, it was awful. Did he somehow put Jota in? <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it was a potentially legitimate team that was put out, but there was no Tommy. I can't remember exactly. There was no Tommy Yasu. Leno was in goal. Lacazette and Aubameyang in the team. So we're all going, oh, Aubameyang's left wing for crying out loud. Um, uh, little things like that were uh, interesting, to say the least. Um, much preferred this lineup, and it had a fair few things as well. Uh, Ramsdale over Leno. I thought was uh, earlier than I expected in the season. Um, Tommy made his debut. Tommy Yasu, good debut. Yeah, pretty well. solid. Really nice. Yeah, like like him. Can't complain at a good start, right? Um, better than Emerson start for Spurs. <laughs> so yeah. I'm happy. Um, yeah, the make the nails with the Congre in the field. I thought was quite fascinating. Uh, must have been probably through Party's injury. Um, I think him coming back was probably just he's been 
brought back in slowly. It's not Spurs we're playing yet. It's, it's bottom of the table, Norwich. So, yeah, uh, what was it? It was a pretty exciting front four as well. That was the other thing to touch on. Um, Pepe, Odegaard, Saka behind Aubameyang. That feels like quite a fluid front three, a uh, front four, I should say. So, yeah, all, all, all in all, some surprises, but in a, in a good way, in a quite a positive way. It's a team that I can kind of get behind. Yeah. What, we know what was nice about it as well was, like, you sort of looked to the bench and we had, like, Pi on the bench, Lacazette, Smith-Rowe, um, Gabriel, Martinelli. Like, there was options as well. Well, and we haven't had that uh, so far this season. So that was really nice to sort of, you know, if, if push came to shove and the game wasn't going our way, at least we knew that there was people who could come on and, and change the game. Um, you know, I, I sort of left the game feeling a little bit, I don't know, like I wasn't too sure how I felt after the game. Obviously really happy that we won the game. But for me, like at the time, I was a bit miffed. I, di- I didn't feel like it was the best performance from the team. Now, sort of, I'd like, you know, a day or two to think about it. Like, you know, the, that era really isn't important. And I think what was important um, was was winning the game. And, you know, what it was a bit scrappy. We got a bit, we got a lucky goal. But I think you know, our team is desperate for, for three points. And hopefully that will, you know, give us some much needed confidence going forward. Because uh, you've got to start somewhere, right? You know, you can't expect, you know, Rome wasn't built on a day. No, exactly. I, I... You've kind of got the same feeling I had um, from the TV, really. It was sort of the first 15, 20 minutes were quite encouraging, you know, but it sort of teetered out a little bit. Norwich brought themselves back in the game, probably ended the half the stronger. Um, and then I thought the second half, we, we were pretty good. And then it was, got the goal. And it was from the goal onwards, we looked quite good. It was kind of a uh, eureka moment in some weird way, if that's the right word, even. Hmm. Um, just sort of like you felt the longer the game got went on the harder it was always going to be to score I get that impression most Arsenal games but this one particularly and as soon as you got the goal you could just sort of it felt like a sense of relief and like yeah. the team could start just playing their game and when they did I thought we looked pretty pretty decent against a, a, a poor Norwich side caveat aside though yeah, it, was, it, it was it was yeah, as you said, the important thing in the end was just getting three points over the line. Just get, right, we've got the win. Let's build it from there. Let, let's build our season from there. No, of course. I mean, like we often complain, don't we, as football fans, and say, oh, in the past we we kind of play pretty football and not win games. So sometimes you just got to accept that um, you're gonna you're gonna do what you can to to get the three points. Um, you know, it was crazy actually. I was looking at the stats before we came on the podcast, and we had thirty shots on target on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, not no, on target no, total. 30 shots 7 on target where do those 30 shots come from was I was I watching a different game <laughs> I can't no, remember I, I, I felt like we did have a lot of shots I didn't realise it was quite 30 until I saw the stat as well um, particularly towards the end Crawhan made a few good saves in, in all fairness to him I felt yeah, like Crawl yeah, was yeah. their man of the match comfortably Um yeah, Pepe was having go goal. Smith or I read a couple himself, I think, when he came on. Um, that there, there were, there, I, I got the impression we had a, a fair few chances to score. We one nil probably flattered Norwich in in the end. All things considered, I didn't quite realise it was thirty. I have to admit. I think ultimately they were playing a, an Arsenal side very low on confidence. Um, like you know, you, you touched upon it there about kind of when we scored that goal, there was a real sense of relief. And you could tell that from like the celebrations. Like there was a real sense mm-hmm. of 
thank fuck <laughs> you know because <laughs> hallelujah yeah because i guess i guess from a mental i mean i don't play football anymore but we know what it's like you know when when you've got that mental block and you're low on confidence these you know it can feel such an uphill struggle um and you know thank, thank god we got the we got the result and it was really nice to see like thomas party back in the team as well um nice to see a back you know a back two of gabrielle and um ben white as well and also i thought ramsdale you know and like you know, touching upon what we said about Tamiyasu again, again, like you know, it's his first appearance. Is it? It's, yeah, he didn't play against West Brom, did he? Ramsdale. Yeah, Ramsdale did. Oh, yeah, he did. did. Okay, and it was his first appearance at the Emirates, isn't it? Yeah, it's his first home game, his yeah. first league. Game. And I thought he was, and I thought, you know what? What I really liked about him was just like, not necessarily what he did on the ball, but he just, it just felt like he had, a, he had a presence, he had a real presence, and and he was, he felt very commanding. That that's what I felt watching him anyway. Maybe I'm just excited to see yeah. a new keeper. Perhaps. I mean, I, I couldn't tell that from the TV, perhaps in person, and you see his physical stature, the things off the ball that the camera doesn't catch. You probably see it better than I do. Um, I, I, it was For me, on the TV, it was very hard to judge Ramsdale. I don't think you can judge him full stop just because it felt like the only thing he had to do was take what, two yeah. goal kicks or yeah. something. <laughs> It's one of those, isn't it? But um, one thing I did I did pick up on Twitter was that Odegaard got a lot of praise. Um, there were two, I think two instances where he really tracked um, back really nicely and made a couple of really nice interventions uh, doing his defensive work off the ball. And that was like, um, it, it was a moment. More, I, I, I can't say if it was a symptom throughout the game without watching it back. There's like two moments uh, that really were like, yes, come on, working after the team can really see it kind of thing. Mm. Um, I did kind of feel that we were at our best when Odegaard was on the ball because I felt he went a little bit missing. Or not missing, maybe he missing is the wrong way to put it, but uh, I felt like we weren't... I feel when we, when we were good in that first half, the first 15, 20 minutes or so, it was going through Odegaard. When we weren't, Odegaard wasn't in the game at all. Yeah. So whether that's his fault or otherwise, I'm not sure. Without again, without pushing the back. But um, yeah, I thought when we were good, it was Odegaard was involved there somehow. The the worst part about the set of the game is like I'm really trying to think about moments in the game. It didn't help that I'd been on the Sherbets <laughs> before the game, <laughs> so I was a little bit um, yeah, I had a few beers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to like pick up moments from the game, and I've, I've seen the highlights. I, I think if it was last season, that goal would have definitely been disallowed for some silly var. They would have said these toenails. No, it was it was well on. It was well, so yeah. We didn't get the replays at home either. I don't know if you've seen it back, but essentially what keeps him on is it's not the so Pepe has two shots effectively at goal, and then this after the second one, it comes off the post and hits him. Mm. And it's as it hits him, that's when Aubameyang is onside. But from the earlier, from the earlier shot, he is far, far offside. I really but thought I guess he, was he, wasn't he was an impacting player. That no, he wasn't in play. The ball wasn't passed, I'll say in quotation marks, to him until it actually bumped off him after it hit the post. And it sort of was a bundle moment. Yeah. Um, and at that point, he was at least like a yard or two, maybe two yards of stretch, but he was a yard behind the ball. So he was well, well onside. It was actually nice to watch a game of football and not even think about VAR. Like, I didn't, even when he scored, I didn't really think about it. And there was, a, then it was like a, there was a slight check. And I thought, oh, oh, yeah. Hold on. 
Um, but no, it was very quick, and they're not, they don't show it anymore, do they? In in England either. No. Sure, I don't know. I think it's probably a better thing, you know. Last season with the lines, that shit just drives you crazy, <laughs> especially when yeah, they it when they draw a line, and then you'd be like, "What's well, on side?" And they go, "I oh, know he's on side." So, um, yeah, so it's one pixel, not even a toenail, a pixel <laughs> ahead of the play. I'd like to think. I mean, it's early days, um, but I'd like to think that going forward, I mean, they have they have said, haven't they? The lines will be thicker, so there there won't be as many instances this season. Um, when you think back to last season, how many goals um, we had chalked off, and there's like moments where I remember it was against Everton, we had that penalty, and then he, you know Pepe, he was clearly miles on side, gets you know wrongfully varred for offside. So hopefully, uh, less and less of that stuff will be happening this season. Yeah, and it seems to go quicker. I don't know how it felt in the stadium, but it felt quicker on the yeah. TV because it didn't feel like you were dragging it and waiting and like waiting for those doomed lines to come out on screen you were just sort of going oh they're checking it what are they checking oh my god is he on oh he's on side it's okay yeah no um, it, it did seem pretty quick um and I, I think like once once we got the goal not that knowledge ever really threatened even like late on i never really thought i don't know how you felt watched it but i personally never felt like knowledge were going to equalize i just felt like it was done like yeah we, we've won this it's it's game over um, we just looked very comfortable, even when they were on the ball in, in the later parts of the game. They never really looked particularly dangerous, did they? Well, that's interesting because I was very nervous sat on my sofa, um, especially that moment where Cedric put in a phenomenal block. I think he slips, actually, so maybe I'm giving him a bit too much credit. <laughs> maybe it was the big blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't drink, so it definitely wasn't alcohol. I was just a nervous. I think it was just, I just wanted three points. You just think, for goodness sake, don't blow it now. Don't blow it now. And uh, yeah, the, yeah the, the block, I, I was nervous around that moment because it felt like, a, oh my God, this is a bit too close. But yeah, maybe in hindsight, actually now I'm thinking, yeah, we probably were actually quite comfortable. Yeah. Um, I remember, I tell you one thing I do remember from first of Tommy Asu, we had that, I think he hit it over the bar. The volley. Yeah, that was nice. Near the end. Oh, that was close. Yeah, oh, that was, that I was, was with all the will in the world. I wanted that to go in with all the will in the world. That would have been a stunning way to open your oh, account for yeah. Arsenal, wouldn't it? He walked around actually, because uh, we were sat not, uh, not far from the dugout and he walked past us and there he got, it was nice. He got a, a round of applause from everyone. Uh, I think he'd be a very popular guy. Um, yeah, well deserved. I think it was a really, it wasn't special, but he just sort of did the job he was brought in to do. And I can't mm. ask anymore. You know, like a Bakary Sanya was always a seven out of 10 every game, yeah. and he was loved for it. I, I've got an impression that Tommy Asu might just be the same. Never be spectacular. He'll get back two or three goals if he's here for long enough. But you know what? He just does his job really well. And like, we, yeah, we need, I mean, like, I, it's early. I love him yeah, if he's that. We, yeah, we, yeah, we, we don't need know. a reliable fullback. Like, I feel like with Bellerin in recent years, it was just so many mistakes. And, you know, you sort of question, you know, is he, you know, he got to the point where it's sort of like, it's all well and good that you're going forward and you're bombing forward, but you're actually a defender and you, the guy can't defend. <laughs> so, no, doesn't. Um, yeah, completely agree. It's, it's a massive result in terms of going away to Burnley on Saturday. Another 3 p.m. kickoff, twice in two weeks. No, twice in like, seven days, even. I was going to ask, did we have a three o'clock kickoff 
or four o'clock my time, but three o'clock kickoff at any point during the last season. Because I can't honestly, for the life of me, remember the last three o'clock kickoff we had. It's a good question. I'll have to have a look. I'd I'll have love a look to know. If anyone yes. knows, yeah, if I'm, anyone I'm sure knows, we, as I'm, well, sure give us a had, I'm sure we probably had one. Like, yeah, almost definitely would have had one, right? Oh, I'd like to think so, but I can't feel them. Nice. I mean, they're not exactly memorable. I'm not going to remember this no. Norwich game in the season's mm. time, but. The worst but, ones but were those, those evening Sundays. They were they were they were a real oh, killer. Eight o'clock Sunday night. No we can, we can well, it's later we, even here. Is eight o'clock? Yeah, we and we always lost those games. But um Yeah, well, seven forty five, something yeah. like that. But going back to Burnley, I feel like this was a perfect result for us. Um because I feel like Saturday is gonna be a very similar game, especially away from home up there. It's gonna be loud, it's gonna be intimidating, you know. They're gonna really I, Actually, let me have a look. How are Burnley getting on this season? I'm not. I've not really followed them. No, they didn't really do much in the transfer window, if memory recalls. They kind of just sort of do their thing, as far so, as I'm aware. Let me have a sort of look at the table. So they've played three. They've drawn one, lost two. So <laughs> nothing to write about either. Um, they must be playing tonight as well, then, aren't they? If they, there's been four games we've had. So they've have they got a game in hand? Oh yeah. They perhaps they're playing tonight. Yeah, perhaps they are. But um, no, it's going to be a difficult game, you know, against a, a resilient Sean Dyke side. I, 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 it's going to be different in the sense. Norwich, I think, try to play football. They just can't do it as well as any other team, so they get a bit better. Whereas Burnley are a bit more street smart in the sense of they're like, well, we can't play football, but we'll be bigger than you and we'll mm. bully teams and get enough points that way. Um, and we can be bullied, but... Now that we've got Gabriel back, now we've got Tommy Asu settled in. Party. Perhaps Party be fit enough to start. I feel like we're big enough to deal with them. Mm. Um, deal with the likes of Chris Wood and the Ashley Barneses of the uh, of the Premier League. So I still think we should be getting three points. I'd be di- really disappointed if we even the draw would feel disappointed. Yeah, no. I think once absolutely now I, we've got a win. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I would be surprised if we got if we got anything less, really, we need to follow it up with another win. We can't be getting, oh, yes, a win, and then go back to a, a, a disappointment. We've got a win, right, build on it. So it, this is just as important to win, in my opinion. No, I completely agree. And I, I think that was a big problem towards the back end of the last season. Do you remember when, when um, you and Calvin would say, oh, no, top six is on? And I'd always say, well, every time we get a run of games, we always fall off, and then we get the run back on. Whereas and, and, and we we were really sort of inconsistent in that in that um, in that way. So yeah, it, it's really important to get the win. And don't get me wrong, mate. We should go there and we should beat Burnley. Um, but what mm. I'm saying is, you know, if if we didn't, you'd be like, obviously, I'd be pissed off. But it it would also be like, it's it's no surprise with this Arsenal team um, because you you never really know what we're gonna get. Um, it, you know, and it's such a different environment. You know, being at home in the Emirates against Norwich, you know, it's they're hardly the most intimidating, um, you know, set of players. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't see Burnley as intimidating. I see them as more just a pain in the arse. It's just a pain in the arse place to go. It's awkward. It's boggy pitch. Just big lumpy players. Yeah, it's just a bit of a bugger to play against. You're just going to get got to, for ninety minutes. Basically. You've got to put up with them, and yeah, you've got to put up with them and be better than them, and that's pretty much the way to be Burnley. Now, you can do that at home at the Emirates, but Turf Moor is a, just a bit more of a pain in the backside. 
I hate I hate we win because more importantly, I'm actually going to the game. So I'm going up to oh, Burnley. Really? Going up to Burnley. Yeah, I was lucky enough to get a ticket. Um, me and the bringing the girlfriend or fiance, as I should say. Um, she's coming up as well. So it's gonna be an early one. It's about it's about three hours from here. So absolutely it's shorter than it would take for me to get there that way. Wow, that's true. <laughs> that's that true. That's probably um, a bit obvious, but it's gonna be uh, is that her I never did an Arsenal away day. What's what's an Arsenal away day look like? Oh mate, it's good. It's really good fun. I really when I used to go regularly, um, when I was a bit when I was like when I was eighty nine, it's a good crack. Good uh, Arsenal have a good away following. It's always pretty loud. You know, pretty standard. The team is doing well. The fans are pretty good. Um, Yeah, it's 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 a lot. I find it a lot more. It's a lot more fun than home games. Anyway, like home games can be a bit. It's a lot more, I'd say, especially like when you go to places at Burnley or like Stoke or Anfield, you know, the atmosphere, the home fans, you know, it can be very loud and you sort of have that contrast where you know, there's only like a couple of thousand away fans. And I was at like um, Stoke when Ramsey busts his leg, that awful tackle from Shawcross. And um, we equal, and then I think we were, I think we were heading that game and they came back as one all. And then uh, we had a penalty in the 90th minute and it was just, yeah, and then we nicked another, didn't we? Carnage, yeah, one, yeah. It? Finished three, it was just, and it was unbelievable. Great moments of that, you know. You don't really get that so much at the Emirates. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a different vibe, you know. You you you, 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 you probably tend to get a lot more people in like Stone Island and kind of frown upon you if you wear a shirt. <laughs> I saw an interesting tweet about for a Man United fan. He was criticising people who wear like uh, like grown adults wearing like Ronaldo seven shirts. But fuck it, yeah. I I, I can't I can't comment you know i wear i wear retro shirts and i like i like to that sort of thing so i don't usually get Fuck names on the back yeah i don't usually get names on the back to be fair but i was debating getting a medema 100 on the back because i live in the netherlands as mm. well so i feel like that would go very well go down very well in public over that'd here. be cool um because uh, yeah i thought that was a quite a, a good moment and, uh, and i've started to get into the the women's team a bit but um yeah, I nearly did that. For me, it's all about nostalgia. You know, I've got like kind of a lot of the late 90s, um, early 2000 shirts. And, you know, just gives it that extra pop. I feel like the shirts without the badges. And if Calvin was here, he would, completely, he would actually agree with me on this one because he's <laughs> he's literally got every shirt. Um, I think I, I think a good 89% of his shirts are all printed. Um, we're going off on a tangent wow. here. <laughs> but, yeah, um, so I was asking you about away days. Yeah. But no, yeah. To 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 conclude, away days are good fun, mate. Um, it will be an early train. Get on the beers about nine o'clock, and then yeah, that's a difficult bit. See, I used to follow. So, I come from around Peterborough area, and I used to work for the football club, and I, and I've been to my fair share of their home and away games with the people people that I knew. Um, but London Road Stadium, for those who don't know, is the only one of the only grounds that still has a standing end. Um, and they have to get special permission when they're now they're back in the championship, the sort of league one occasionally in the championship. When they get to the championship, they have to get special permission from the league That's to allow yeah. to have a st- yeah, they have to get special permission to still use their standing terraces. Um, besides the point, but the larger point is it was very hard to find the difference between the standing standing at home at Peterborough United and their away days because everyone stands 
in the away grounds anyway. Mm. Oh, everyone stands at Arsenal. Yeah, they stand for the whole. Yeah, thing. areas, but it's harder to do. So uh, this is an actual standing end, and then an away end. It is all of your fans standing. Yeah, yeah. Um, everyone. And that's a lo- slightly lower league level as well. So it is a bit more intense and a bit more of a. Uh, a compact stadium yeah. so i was curious no no it's 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 um it's the same arsenal games everyone all stands up um everyone all stands up anywhere near the end mm. it's, it's like an arsenal fans are no different um the, the the one game i've probably been to that where people sort of sat there was like kind of a pattern of people sat down was like wigan um because you get like a five thousand allocation for wigan away you get like the oh, it's a big one yeah it's great mm. actually it used to be really i've been there i've been there like four or five times um and it was always like 25 quid a ticket. And that was before they put a price cap on away tickets. So it was always like the cheaper one. Um, because you've got a big allocation, you'd obviously get, you know, a lot more non-regulars, I guess. Well, people just don't really go as much. Um, it was annoying because where I sat on the weekend, like it was it was predominantly sat down. And I hate sitting down at football. It makes me very... See, I, at the Emirates, I don't mind it, but I've always been, I've always had tickets in the clock end or the North Bank and... It's only really I find the corners of the North Bank stand um, or yeah. the upper tier. Block, I've been in like the upper tier six, plenty of times it? as well. Block five and six. I can't remember. Can't um, remember. But, um, yeah. The clock so, ends are pretty good, to be fair. Most of that, a lot of that. They is, sit. Um, well, no, oh. they sit a lot of the time, I found, because there's family enclosures, so there's a lot of kids. Oh, um, now nah, there's like a guy with a drum there now. Oh, is there really? Yeah. Oh, I haven't right, been, behind, like, directly I'm... behind the goal, it's re- like it, it was uh, at Chelsea. Oh, I was in there, and it was standing, and it was all they were all standing against Norwich. It's pretty good, actually. Like, it's, it's there's a lot of young lads in there, and you know, it's nice to sort of see that, you know, because you don't want it. Was, I read something about like the average age of Arsenal season holder, and you know, it's 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 not young, and you know, that sort no, of you need, you need people who are like in their mid 20s, mid 30s who are going to come and they're going to create an atmosphere because otherwise, you'd get. Well, Hyrie was known as a library, wasn't it? <laughs> so, <laughs> Famously. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, it, we've gone we've gone well off here. But yeah, away is a good fan, mate. Um, Calvin's incredibly useful because his dad's a season ticket holder. So, and he knows... <laughs> That's how you get them. He, he know, well, yeah, it's a supporters club as well that I'm part of. And, you know, there's various people I know. Um, so, yeah, we'll see how we go. I couldn't get it. Brentford was like, I didn't even attempt to get a ticket for Brentford. Not that that, oh, would that would have been way too difficult. I, I mean, I don't know much about away ticket allocations, but that was what Friday night, their first in their new stadium, first game in the Premier League, and all that. Yeah. I can't first game for fans being back. I can't imagine that was easy to get tickets. No. So, listener, on this day, September the thirteenth, nineteen ninety-seven, Ian Wright broke Cliff Baston's record to become Arsenal's leading goalscorer of all time. Um, the game finished four-one. Can you remember who we played? No, I was six months old. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll let you off. We we beat Bolton Wanderers at home four one. Um, and the question I have is, can you name the lineup? It's going to be very difficult. It, it, maybe this it's a shame that Calvin's not here. Um, this is more his his generation. So we'll see how we'll see how we go. It's a classic four four two. Right, well, Ian Wright's up front. Well, with yours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's one. Uh, right, in goal, David Seaman, surely. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right, right back. Uh, Adams? No. Oh, Dixon, sorry. Dixon. Yeah. 
Adams and Bald at centre back. I'm going uh, with the classic, to be honest. Adams wasn't in the team, no. Oh, God. Uh, I'm going with that classic from that era. All uh, I can see is the cat in the cat's tail. Yeah, he's got his me. tail in front of the camera. <laughs> uh, really helps me, thank you. His name's Muppet as well, a Muppet in, in <laughs> Dutch. Um, or Frisian, I should say. Um, yeah, little Muppet. So you've, so you've got Seaman, Dixon, you got Bold. Yeah, Bold was in, right. Left, right, defenders. So let's have a think who was around. Wouldn't have been Stepanovs, the old uh, favourite. Yeah. This guy, to give you a clear, you should know the fullback, but the centre back was more of a midfielder. You more of a, uh, that, well, that will help a little bit. If I should know the left back, I'm trying to think now. Well, it was too too early for Ashley Cole. It was before Ashley Cole. Because <laughs> uh, that's the earliest I, I don't even remember Ashley Cole. That's how oh, young wow. I am. No, not, not really. Uh, Cliche was kind of my first left back. I'm, I'm stalling if you can't tell. Do you want a clue? Yeah, go on. He went to West Ham after. Went to West Ham. I was going to say Matthew Upson, but he was a centre back, wasn't he? He was at Arsenal from 1987 till 2000. No, I really can't. I can't think. Sorry. Nigel Winterburn. Oh, cool. I've met Nigel Winterburn. I was sat in the pocket. I sat little mini story. Uh, I, for Arsenal Wenger's last game, I was desperate for a ticket. I could not get one for love and money until about a week before the game. And the only ticket that came up was in the um, like the, the posh prick section, uh, that middle ring, oh, <laughs> not the upper or lower, the, 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 the middle prick, bit. The posh prick section. Posh prick section. Uh, that's is what I've labelled it as because everyone I met on that day was posh as hell. Um Anyway, don't like. Uh, well, That's, I'll do it if I needed to. We've got a name for the podcast right there. The podcast. <laughs> always named after something I say. I was getting a reputation in. Um, no, but I sat there and honestly, every single seat I could visibly see was full except four to my right. And the four were filled in as the players came out of the tunnel. And it was uh, some guy whose name I don't, I don't know, I couldn't place. And then it was Nigel Winterburn. Um, Perry Groves oh, wow. and and I can't remember the, the other one now. Is that oh, Alan Smith? It's me. No, no, it was uh, Perry Groves and Nigel Winterburn. I managed to get my photo taken with them, got a picture, but I can't remember the other one. I can't, not from the not off the top of my head. It was on the Michael but Thomas. No, that, no, no, it wasn't Michael Thomas. No. That's cool. It probably was someone. It was probably someone famous around that time, though. Um, who probably had some sort of connection to Fenger. Not wasn't anyone like Parler or anyone like that. It was sort of um, Winterburn Groves. Oh, you must have paid name. a bit for that ticket. It, it wasn't cheap. Well, it was on the exchange. It was face value. Did you get snapped? Uh, it was on the ticket exchange. No, well, no, some of it was included. Like that, you could get a quarter slice of a pizza before the game for about eight pounds. Oh, wow. Ridiculous prices. I took a picture of the menu because I couldn't believe it, funnily enough. Jesus. Um, but no, there was snacks going on at half time. Can't no. honestly remember that well. But no, that's the time I met Nigel Winter. There we go. Yeah. And that's what you're very, asking. very nice, very pleasant, very nice people, I must say. Really pleasant. A lot of time they asked me about where I came from during yeah. the game as they were watching on. Really, really nice people. Nice. Honest to God, really pleasant. 
There you go. That's, um, why, that's why you're on the pod, mate. You know, for these little an- an- anecdotes. Anecdotes. Well, well, I'm sure you've got enough yourself. You must have gone to more Arsenal games than I have. I've never met anyone. Actually, I met Martin Kieran at, at, like this last year, but he, uh, that was at work on the train. <laughs> I, 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 well, it's more interesting than at Arsenal. <laughs> I, I, I told him uh, to uh, have a word with Mikel Arteta. This is this is this is, this is when Aubameyang hadn't signed his contract, and I was like, you need to tell him oh. time. Uh, anyway, going back to the anyway. lineup because I don't think you get this as one, so I'm going to give you it. It's Giles Grimondi. Uh, no of him, of course. He's famous for the. He played the pass for the Henri Man United volley, the swivel up and volley. Um, at Highbury yeah. no off Grimondi of course yeah. wouldn't have guessed and, him at centre no uh, it's quite a hard one and then midfield four this should you might get midfield these. four so is Parler in there must yeah. be Parler's in there yeah Parler had to be um, is that around the time Edu was around maybe? no too early no. For this was like the double of these yeah so I get mi- I get very mixed up between late nineties and early noughties because mm. some of the players cross over a little bit. So I know it's yeah. just my mind remembers it's just before the Invincibles. So I think of the uh, the Parlers, the Adams, the Dixons, Seaman, and all that. Um, I sort of categorise it in my head. Parler, I've obviously just got. Well, you had the double um, in between that as well. So you had the double ninety eight oh two, and then you had the Invincibles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I I kind of catted in my head the way I remember because that was the time I was I was only what yeah, six months to say on this day. Um yeah, parlor I can get one of these is very easy. He was he went on to be Arsenal captain. Say that now. Went on to be captain. Um he's a man Crystal Palace. Oh Vieira. was it Vieira was there already? Yeah. I can't remember when as I say, I thought he might be early noughties. Vieira, okay. Right, right, Vieira, right we had another French guy with blonde hair, long hair. Oh, um, yeah, come straight to my uh, picture him. Oh, for goodness sake. Went to Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. I can't think of his bloody name, though. Uh, I'll come back to him, but that wasn't too early for Bergkamp, was it? Bergkamp is a team. We just need the two. He played for Holland. The other guy you want. Did. So he was also Dutch, another Dutchie. Hmm. Oh, Van Bronckhorst, or was he left yeah, back? Too early. No, too early. He scored at Old Trafford. Scored at Old Trafford. The one that rings my bell was Will Tord, and I was thinking of that at no. that time. Marco, he's French. Oh, of course, Overmars. So, and it, Emmanuel Petit. That's it. I, it was on the tip of my tongue. Honest to God, I wasn't me trying to be like, oh, I can name some of them. Everyone knows Petit. Nah, to be honest, um, they're, they're difficult. Um, and then It's difficult for someone who wasn't born at that time and doesn't... I, I can't say I've done loads of research on it either. I don't really go back. I know some of the old favourites, the, the George Grahams and the, the uh, Charlie Georges, um, Armstrong, George Armstrong. No, not George Armstrong. What's his name? Armstrong. Can't remember his first name now. Um, I know of them, Cliff Bastions, of course, the Herbert Chapman's. I can't say I know loads about Ted Drake. Don't know loads. Man, no. I mean, everyone has their um, their time, don't they? When they sort of get into it, and you know, you have your kind of peak time where you sort of you know, no games. Like I, I sort of look back to like the early 2003, four, five. Remember games were really well, and then sort of like it all becomes quite hazy after that. But you know, that's the way it goes. I guess it's the same for you of like 
the early Emirates years. Yeah, exactly right. The Fabric, because Fabregas was my hero growing up. Um, well, he was one of two. So Casillas, I'm a goalkeeper. Casillas is my goalkeeper hero. But my Arsenal one at the time was Fabregas. Um, absolutely loved the man to death. I know what happened to Chelsea, but I love him because he was I around the time growing up. I love Fabregas as well. Yeah, you, hang on. Not you everyone me does. It's not, it's not Armanuel Amunier. Not quite, no, funnily enough. <laughs> not quite. Well, it was a good penalty. It was good penalties and it was quite fun saving a penalty, so I'll give him that. Um, and without him, we wouldn't have Deeney's goal against Leicester. What painful um, that he was. Yeah, no. But uh, yeah, that was my year, sort of years. The, the time Almunia was coming in, Fabregas was running the show, Adebayo was up front with Van Persie when he wasn't injured. Uh, Klebs and the uh, Arby's when he wasn't injured. <laughs> that, 07, that, that was my time. Yeah, we, you know we that should have won the league that year. We should have won it. We we were ahead. should have done. We were ahead. We were out in front, and then we it was after bottled Birmingham. It. it was Birmingham. We bottled it. We did. We didn't win like mm. we went out. I think we went without a win of five after that. And yeah, but yeah, uh, one of those that injury screwed us. Yeah, unfortunately, um, I think if we'd have maybe kept on reef for an extra year or so. It was a bit like in ninety nine, you know, if we'd have kept right, we'd have probably won the league. But it's all it's buts and maybes. So, listener, thank you very much for tuning in uh, to listen to us uh, rabble on about the Arsenal. Is that the right word? Rabble? Is that a word? When there's a one nil win with a one nil win against Norwich, I think rabble is a very much the perfect definition. Correct. The correct phrase. Uh, we will we'll be back next week, and delight to say Calvin. Um, who didn't really say much like I didn't really say did I last week um, it completely <laughs> slipped my mind but Calvin went and got married so congratulations Calvin um, and he actually got I spoke to him today actually he got back from his honeymoon this morning like 1am so he, uh, he I did wonder him. if he'd be around or not today I wasn't sure when he was getting back yeah he said it was a bit tired so um, he, he, I think he knew it to Spain but <laughs> I can't lag. blame him I, I'm... get lag. Yeah, jet lag. It wasn't any of the other activities he was doing on this honeymoon. Sure. Disgusting, disgusting. Um, <laughs> Sorry, bring the <laughs> tone of the show right now. Sorry, Calvin. Congratulations, buddy. We hit, you have been missed. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, he's been walking around like John Wayne all week. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, is that the Cal- title? Calvin. <laughs> no, it's um, the posh pricks upstairs. Whatever you said. But uh, no, we'll yeah. be back next week. Uh, after Burnley, Calvin will be here. Me, uh, you, I'm sure you'll be here as well, Liam. Yeah, Liam, should be, should be outstanding. All right, well, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at In the Clock, and you can also follow Liam at Ronin Guna on Twitter. Yeah. Liam, thanks for coming on tonight, mate. It's been a pleasure as always, and I'll speak to you soon, mate. Well, do thank you again for having me, and uh, hopefully, we'll talk about another three points next week. Cheers, mate. Calvin can enjoy it as well. Hey, so catch you later. See you later, buddy.